All right, we are back. It is a Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on uh, the Ref Radio Network, home of Sooner fans. Hope your Tuesday's going along all right. And we got Parker back with us, just back from the Brent Venables Press Conference. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Sooners and TCU, 11 a.m. on uh, Saturday with our pregame show beginning at 7 a.m. right here on the Ref. Sooners up to a six-and-a-half-point favorite over TCU in this matchup. TCU at three and zero. The Sooners now at uh, three and one. TCU with wins at uh, Colorado, victory over Tarleton State, and a win at SMU last week. Parker, anything uh, stand out? I know there was talk about uh, no surprise. Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis redshirting. That's no surprise. Uh, anything else stand out to you about Brent's presser? Well, I was actually I was in and out of the press conference on the phone. As a matter of fact, Uh-oh. for a variety of reasons. David but, Hicks, uh, reasons? Eh, no. Don't, nothing, no, don't nothing, you smile at nothing, me. Not, listen, nothing to be concerned about. Don't worry about it. Regardless, I, I was kind of popping in and out throughout. So uh, I didn't catch all of what Venables had to say. But uh, I think he, the one thing that you heard from both him and Ted Roof yesterday and today is that they gave Max Duggan his flowers for what he's been able to do thus far this season. You look at the numbers for the TCU quarterback. They're good. He's been impressive. And the Sooners are well acquainted with this dude. They faced him in 2019 as a true freshman. Very nearly led the Horned Frogs to an upset win in Norman. 28-24 to was the final that year. The last time Oklahoma went to Amon G. Carter Stadium, they powered him down. In 2020, that was a phenomenal defensive performance. Maybe the best of that season for Oklahoma. They won that game 33-14. to Then, obviously, Duggan had an outstanding game last year in Norman, as did his number one wide receiver, Quentin Johnston. But the Oklahoma offense overwhelmed TCU that day, and the game was well in hand by halftime. So, uh, Duggan has had some success against Oklahoma, but... Uh, it hasn't been complete, like, over the course of his career against Oklahoma, it hasn't been all good. There have been ups and downs, there have been peaks and valleys, but that said, the one thing he's demonstrated time and time again is resilience and the ability uh, to do damage regardless of what the scoreboard says. His best drive in 2020, even though TCU got slaughtered in that game, his best drive was TCU's final drive. He pieced together a really good drive against the Sooners. Obviously, uh, as a freshman in 2019, as I mentioned previously, he had the Horned Frogs in position to potentially win that game. And then last year, he did all he reasonably could do. It was simply the fact that TCU's defense was not what it needed to be a year ago to put the Horned Frogs in position to win football games against a high-octane offense the likes of Oklahoma. So a, a lot is riding Saturday on how the Sooners can curtail Duggan's impact on the game, especially on the heels of what Adrian Martinez did to this Oklahoma defense. Because also, those two are similar. No, well, yeah, I, I, I still think that uh, K-State's more physical and they go about you know running the quarterback differently than TCU will. But you're right, it's still going to be a challenge for Oklahoma. Now, what about the other side of the football? Because I had some people say, well, the, the thing that I like is Gary Patterson's not there. Not there anymore, and the defense is going to change. Well, here's here's an issue, though. Joe Gillespie, the defensive coordinator, was at Tulsa and had success against Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel in his past. So, 
That could be interesting coming up this Saturday. This is just this is just an. I mean, every game's big, particularly, but after you lose your opener in the way that Oklahoma lost its opener in that fashion, this is just a, such a colossal game to see where Oklahoma is and if if they can get their swagger back this week. Well, and you look at the Big Twelve too, Steely. The rest of the way, yeah, it's going to be very difficult to project what happens week to week in this conference because there's so much parity. And who anticipated that, really? Yeah. When we were talking about the Big 12 before the season began, really most folks had an upper echelon that consisted of OU, Texas, Baylor. In my mind, it was OU, Baylor, Kansas State. There were a few that viewed Oklahoma State as one of those teams that was going to be vying for a conference title. But Kansas looks like a really good team. West Virginia, when they're on, they look like a football team. Especially that can when you have to go to Morgantown, anybody. right? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, Kansas was your tap in putts every yeah. year. Yeah. Boom. You tap it in. Not this year. That putts a 10 footer with a couple breaks in it with Jalen Daniels and Lance Leipold all of a sudden. Iowa State's still a very difficult football team to contend with. And I really think Texas Tech is headed in the right direction as well. So you look all across this conference, there's no easy draw this year. There's not. And so for Oklahoma, the challenge becomes, how do you rebound from this loss to Kansas State? Are you able to go on the road against a team like TCU and get your season back on track? If that's the case, is that momentum going to be enough to sustain you throughout a very, very difficult Big 12 slate and one that is going to come with pitfalls? Or if you don't get it done, man, what kind of precedent does that set? As yeah, you I'm gear thinking up for the real meat of your schedule. No doubt about it. And again, the next couple of weeks, if you can get it done, find a way to win this weekend as a six and a half point favorite. Go to the Cotton Bowl and win. Boom! I think the confidence is back. Uh, you got a chance again to win the Big Twelve Championship. You've still got all those goals right in front of you. If you lose this week, man, it gets very difficult and could get very drastic. Um, you we're don't want to go. To we're going to find out this weekend if the Sooners are the 2001 Ford Taurus. Or if they're a luxury automobile, maybe, <laughs> right? Are they, is this a potential breakdown? you got to trade it in? Or is this at least uh, the, the white buffalo? We may find out this weekend. Who's to say? But you don't want to go to the Cotton Bowl on a two-game losing streak. No, you, no, do you don't. You do not absolutely Of course, do the not. Sooners did do that two years ago and came away with one of the most memorable victories in the history of that series. But still. That's the game where you want to have you want to be able to walk onto that field with a little bit of mojo, and I don't know how plausible that's going to be for Oklahoma if they turn around and lose again this weekend. I expect them to win. Okay, I, I think they will. I I think they're going to win too, uh, but I think they're going to have to go fight for it. I don't think TCU is uh, just a, a game you go down there, particularly the way they played last week, and just think you're going to go win by a couple touchdowns. I think uh, it's going to be a hard fought game. I think the Sooners will find a way to win to win the game. I think a lot of people uh, like Oklahoma to be there, like they're locked this week, feel good about Oklahoma in that respect. But, man, uh, there's there, there's some doubt that crept in after what you saw last Saturday night. Okay, right before we get to break, I've got to be an investigative reporter here. There is something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear, but if something is pulling you away from Brent's press conference this is a very pressing issue. Did these calls involve recruiting? 
Of course they involved recruiting, Steely. What, what phone calls do I get that don't, I don't involve I don't know. Maybe recruiting? you had an emergency back in Nebraska or something. I figured it was recruiting, but good or bad. See, the cop-out answer in the past would be, yeah, it's just the mechanic calling me about my car. Mm-hmm. But I can't use that excuse no, you anymore. You can't. Because you, everybody knows it's fake. I'm trying to find out. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a wide grin on his face. <laughs> I mean, he is smiling the whole Listen, time. Steely. There's not a frown. It's not like he's shaking his head. He's got a very happy, smiley face happening right Listen, now. Listen, Steely. It's it's a guarantee that David Hicks is is committing tomorrow is what that grin looks like to if me. If that's what you want to take it as, listen, I I feel as though I've been pretty clear for the past two months that mm-hmm. I feel DJ Hicks is going to be a Sooner. So Yeah, but he watched the Kansas State game. Surely that changed his mind, right? Yeah, okay, he's going to flip to the school that just lost to Appalachian <laughs> State a couple weeks ago. Gosh. We're are we, are we over the freak out on the text line? I haven't. No, there's some t- still some people uh, freaking out still. So, anyway. We're going to find out the origin of the grin. That's what it is. Yeah, you won't. Uh, I think we'll probably find out tomorrow is when we'll know. That's when we'll know. All right. He's very, uh, sometimes he's very uh, shady, Parker, very clandestine. He does not want to unlock those secrets sometimes. But I'm, You're making me sound like mule shoe here. Are you going to SC? Are you going to SC as like the assistant director of football ops? Is that it? Yes, I've I've taken a job working directly under Clark Stroud. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. All I've right. already purchased my three hundred square foot apartment. There you go. Yeah, well, I, I think that uh uh Clark Stroud is probably living like Cato Kalen did, you know, in the uh, the little bitty house right next to OJ, you know, back in the day. Probably. Same situation. Hopefully there won't be any uh, you know shenanigans like there were there but that would be my guess i don't know all right stay with us mike steely parker thune we'll head back to your texts air comfort solutions text line i think we may know the origin of the grin but we're not 100 percent sure i'm about 88 percent sure right now stay with us home of sooner fans the ref radio network tuesday edition rolls on next We're back. Tuesday edition. Mike Steely, Parker Thune. Riverwind Casino going through uh, some renovations right now. They pulled back the curtain uh, Friday, last Friday, on a new part of the gaming floor at Riverwind. It looks tremendous. They're still working on other areas right now. And if you can't find one of your favorite gaming machines, you will probably find that machine in one of three places. In the River Lounge gaming area, they have a non-smoking gaming area in the Showplace Theater right now, and they also have another gaming area on the Sky Bridge. And if you haven't uh, gotten your Riverwind wild card, you need to because the new member 7 promotion is big time. Get yourself a wild card. It's going to help you pile up points for all these great promotions, get you some discounts as well. 
and you can earn up to $450 in one day. $450 in one day. Over at Riverwind Casino, another reason why they are simply the best. All right, Parker, let's get to as many texts as we can before we close out this hour. Let's go. <laughs> we all know Parker is grinning because he received the Peyton Bowen to Norman confirmation, and the saga is over. If only that were the case. I was ready for this saga to be over two months ago. It I asked you. I asked him that during the break, and uh, not, I got a, a negatory Bowen, on that. Folks. Not Peyton Bowen. Yeah, you're not saying it's not going to happen. You're just saying no. that's not the news now. Exactly. That's that. That was not what I was occupied with during Brent Medbull's press conference. Oh, I need okay, that to be over. Okay, let's see. I know what it is. Details on when. Uh, what are you looking at? I think there might be an interview being set up or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, that's my speculation with maybe somebody. I'll just take it that far. You guys fill in the rest. Okay. So, yeah, uh, no, doesn't have anything to do with Peyton Bowen. Still in a holding pattern there. Here's what people need to understand regarding that situation. Um, we have talked about how Ryan Yates is in all likelihood on a bit of a ticking clock with Oklahoma and how you're probably going to need a decision within the next few weeks or else the Sooners are just going to move on. That said, with Peyton Bowen, he's going to have a longer leash because he's a five-star. We've talked about that, and here's what I know for a fact. I know for a fact there's another safety. Eh, there are two more safeties. There are two safeties right now. That if OU picked up the phone and said, hey, we want you and Norman, they would commit. So, the Sooners don't need to be in any particular rush to come to a resolution with Peyton Bowen and figure out whether he's going to flip to OU or whether he's going to end up in Aggie because they kind of already have their escape routes mapped out, if you will. They know or at least they have a very strong idea of where they're going to go if Peyton Bowen and Ryan Yates don't, for whatever reason, end up being sooner. Hussey and Flewellen, those two? Uh, not going to confirm or okay. deny. Uh, Steelman and Thune at noon. Wonderful, says one listener. Larry. Thanks, Larry. Oh, it was a sarcastic text. That's why. 473 minutes of ED and anti-smoking commercials. Priceless. Uh, maybe it's not entirely sarcastic. Hmm. Maybe he's saying he likes the show, he just doesn't like the ED and anti-smoking commercials. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, one listener says, PA announcer has been terminated. No, that wasn't what I was on the phone about. Oh, that's what We do have uh, audio of the PA announcer, if you want to pull it up. The PA announcer was taken care of uh, yesterday. Uh, do we have time to play that clip? It says, PA, and all I got was PA announcer was taken care of and dumped in a vat of boiling water. Really? What? As that's what, what? I'm, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. If you've got, let's see if the audio's there. PA announcer was taken care of, dumped in a vat of boiling water. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds painful. Man. Uh, 
Are you sure that wasn't Muleshoe getting speared by a sailfish? It sounded I don't know. very similar. Maybe, maybe, but it that sounded, sounded very, very similar. That, I think the guy probably learned his lesson. You know, no more boomer, right? At inopportune times. Brian in Tulsa says Parker is just smiling because he is the best in the business. Keep up the good work, Parker. Thanks, Brian. There you go. Brian is Parker's number one fan, like Kathy Bates was uh, in Misery for James Conn. One listener says, what is the Clark Stroud story? He was my RA on Walker 10 way back when. Do you want to give them the abridged version of the Clark Stroud story? Well, he sold his soul to Muleshoe and became an attention-seeking clown, in my opinion. And now he decided to sell out the state and go to an evil place where evil people reside, L.A., and turned his back on good, solid, hardcore family values in the great state of Oklahoma and sold it out to Los Angeles. One listener says, I disagree. Parker is not the best in the business. Well, that's fair. Parker is very, very solid if he's not the best. You know, I personally, Steel Man, that clips reminds me of Dan Lutz when it rained. Yeah, we've, we, that one's been in the arsenal for a long time. We brought it out. Clark, you see, it just, it just <laughs> popped up. Clark Stroud is a tool. <laughs> just boom, it popped up. Yes, uh, one, Dan Lutz was awesome. He was my old uh, radio teammate. One listener says Parker awesome. is smiling because Arch told Texas, no thanks, I'm good. Man, wouldn't oh, wouldn't that be a glorious day on this show? Steely would be running victory laps for the entire two hours. I love how this texter was so respectful and straightforward. I disagree. Parker is not the best in the business. It's very. I mean, uh, like, there's hey. no. I mean, it's it's all there in that text. At least you're in the business and you're very solid. At least, all right. I'll take that. I, I would much rather have somebody say that than what th the USC message boards say about me on a regular basis. Well, they're after me, too, because I, I put out a list of the top five worst people on the planet. I had Muleshoe second behind Kim Mulkey. <laughs> um, so they're, they're upset with me. 310 says, not all of us here in L.A. are evil. You know what? It's it's there's a lot of sarcasm there. I actually have family out there in Torrance. They're not evil, and even they're SC fans. They have a SC UCLA household. Got to get out of here, folks. Be right back. Hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, America. Exit 72, great deal on a car, truck, an SUV, a used vehicle. They have a great selection there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Great service after the sale and a great guarantee. 
oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That sounds pretty good to me. Sounds pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, how about yesterday we learned that NASA rerouted an asteroid? Wait, hold up. They rerouted an asteroid? Way, ha- way out there in space, man. They fired off this space thing, and it hit the asteroid and took it right off course. Now, not that the asteroid... Oh, so they, they intercepted an asteroid. They intercepted an asteroid. I was like, how do, you, how do you reroute an asteroid? Okay, that makes a well, lot more sense. you know what I'm saying. They took it off its course, and that, now that thing was way out there in space, all right? But they did it. You know what that means? That means what? NASA is very accurate. Okay. More accurate than Dylan Gabriel. Was that your... <laughs> How long you been sitting <laughs> on that one? Oh, about 45 seconds. Sorry, that's really bad. I apologize. Because I think Dylan Gabriel actually has done a, a solid job for OU. It's a pretty impressive deep ball there by that NASA. That is, man. When you're talking about... I mean, that is, that is the deepest uh, connection right there. That's pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty impressive. Okay, uh, I like the guy who just texted in. We're going to hear from Brent here in one second. Um, <laughs> somebody said, Parker's the best in the business. Somebody else said, I disagree. Parker's not the best in the business. And, somebody, say, just, like, and somebody just said, who actually takes the time to text that? <laughs> LOL. You'd be surprised. Uh, again, You'd be like, surprised, man. You'd be I, surprised. I respect the matter of factness. I can't even be mad. Yeah, at least it wasn't, you know, one of those mean-spirited ones. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? One listener says, how can Parker not be the best in the business when he has his own slogan, Trust Parker's Balls? Yeah. Well, yeah, That's we're going to find Tyler out. That's Tyler McComas tom- special yeah, right there. We're going to find out tomorrow, right? We're going to find out tomorrow on DJ Hicks. All right, before we get to more texts, we've got a lot more. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's hear from Brent Venables from his press conference. We can't play this stuff until it's completely over with, like way over with. This is Brent talking about it's time for the Sooners to learn from the loss to K-State and move on. Um, sometimes in a loss, things get exposed. Uh, and so it, that brings more awareness to those particular issues, scheme, fundamentals, personnel, all of those things. But um, no different. You, again, you, you start completely over every single week. Um, I think that's, that's the way that I know how to do it. And, um, and it has proven uh, over time that, you know, that's – uh, the right way, and you learn, you know, from your past. Uh, you know, that's how you grow and improve. Uh, and um, you know, this is the greatest opportunity to teach and lead is right now. You know, through through a loss, I know that. You know, without question. And you know, as we've had success early in the season, you know, you got to take the bad with the good too. You know, it it just goes with it. So, but you got to lean on the foundation of. You know, again, accountability and discipline and being physical and uh, playing with great fundamentals, all the same things, whether you win or you lose. That's what, uh, you know, has longevity. There you go. Man, I would stay away from social media and uh, focus on this matchup. And, uh, you know, I think the Sooners will play better. I think they're going to beat TCU this weekend. Uh, You can't play much worse than that, right, Parker, particularly on defense coming up this weekend. There's really nowhere to go but up. Yeah. Yes. I think that is kind of the silver lining. Is that you got what undeniably has to be your worst performance of the year out of the way early. Because if they play worse than that defensively for the rest of the season, then uh, 
<laughs> and there are some conversations that will need to be had. Yeah, no doubt. Sooners, six-and-a-half-point favorite in this matchup uh, coming up this weekend. All right, we'll have more Brent coming up here in a little bit. Let's get back to our Air Comfort Solutions text line here from you. 405-651-3439. Tyler from Kellyville asks, how does the interception of the asteroid affect OU football <laughs> recruiting? <laughs> Well, as usual, you're going to want to tune in at 2 p.m. for Locked In for more on that. Camo Sooner says, Steely, it's getting close to the holidays. Any chance we can get a new version of the Stoops Thanksgiving? That was the best. You know, I've got uh, my buddy Lump is, uh, we had three voices on that, myself, Lump, and Curtis. Um, And then I think, I'm trying to think if we had anybody else for another voice. So I know I can't use one of those people. Uh, I don't know if that's possible to do right now because, I mean, I did half the voices, and I just don't know if it's possible to do that. I know I can't do it with one person because they're employed at another station, still a friend, but employed at another station. But we had a lot of fun with that back in the day. How long ago was that? Golly, that would have been, I'm trying to think of the last one we did, maybe 2014 or something like that, or maybe longer than that. We used to run, it was like a seven or eight minute parody of uh, the Stoops Thanksgiving, and they would welcome over, like one year we had uh, Mac Brown and Chrissy Sims came over, and Chrissy Sims burnt the rolls, so he got, Chrissy Sims got <laughs> be slapped by Mac Brown for burning the rolls, and Chrissy Sims started crying. People really liked that. So it was just a, you know, it was just a holiday tradition back in the day. Oh, man. It was fun, though. We had, we had a lot of fun putting that together. I've never, I don't think I've ever, well, I've heard reruns of a couple of those, but I probably need to be well more well-versed in Stoops Family Thanksgiving. I could probably get my, uh, my buddy Lump, who's in uh, Baltimore now, um, to maybe send me a couple of those. His name is Lump? That was his nickname. Okay. His name was, uh, real name was David. Okay. But okay, tracking. I, I know. I thought, you've got like the worst nickname of all time. <laughs> Lump. Lump. I know. That's quite the moniker. It's, it's, it came because I, for some reason, he, he used to play a song, Lump, from the Presidents of the United States of America. He uh-huh. played that song a lot on the radio, so somehow that stuck to him as his nickname, which is very strange. Interesting. Bring back the Charlton Heston football firing line. Well, here's the problem on that way back when. We would write the script, send it to this guy. He was actually out, out in L.A., uh, actor and voice actor, and uh, he is now living abroad. So I don't know if I could reconnect with that guy. Are there fees for international Zooms? Maybe, maybe. But we would write the script and say, here's your script for the football firing line. You know, just follow along. And this guy sounded, I mean, he had Charlton Heston down to a T. One listener says, use Tyler for the voices. Hey, you can can loop loop Jimbo Fisher into the Stoops family Thanksgiving. Jimbo Fisher and uh, also the OUPA announcer, Jim, Jim and Jimbo, right? Has the PA announcer been silenced? Do we know? I don't think he's been silenced. I think he's. <laughs> I think he probably walked into a meeting room and was instructed never to say the word boomer over the PA again. That would be my guess. Do you send uh, Schmitty in to deliver that message with a little extra intimidation factor? Probably uh, Schmitty and Venables. Those two in concert with one another. 
it doesn't get much more intimidating than that. I would send Schmitty in first, you know, and uh, just have him stare at the guy until Venables walks in. Have him in a room. I'm sure Jim Miller's a fine gentleman. He's a good guy, all of that. I've heard that, but you can't say boomer anymore. Just have him sitting in a conference room, you know, like if you're getting ready for an interview or whatever happened, you know, back in the day. Um, when you sit because you get extra nervous or whatever, and then all of a sudden the door opens and it's just Jerry Schmidt. And Jerry Schmidt walks in and just stands by the door and just stares at him for like two minutes until Brent walks in Comple- and says, No more boomer. Completely okay. off topic here. Yeah. I, uh, over the last few months in particular, I have become a tea person. And I've I think thought this, of becoming a tea person. I, I think this officially makes me a southerner. Really? The fact oh, that I now sweet drink tea? Sweet tea. Yes. Really? Hmm. Um, it used to be that I did not enjoy sweet tea. As I've spent more and more time in the state of Oklahoma, I have grown accustomed to it to the point where I actually enjoy drinking sweet tea. I was thinking about it as we were playing that Brent Venables soundbite because I'm sitting here taking a sip out of this bottle of sweet tea. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, imagine telling... Imagine telling, trying to convince me a year and a half ago that this is what I would be doing on September 27th, 2022. Because I hadn't done radio in like four years to that mm-hmm. point. I was like, imagine a year and a half ago believing that today in history, I would be sitting, doing three hours of radio, drinking a bottle of sweet tea, co-hosting with a 50-something who plays Fortnite. Just a, a Thanks collection. for calling me 50-something because I'm much closer to 60, about nine months away. So, thank you. You know, that's how Paul Feinbaum got started, sweet tea and radio. So, you're going to be bald in about five years. And oh, gosh. talking to the next Harvey Updike Jr. So. Oh, no. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to figure out who Mule Shoes Hair Consultant is. <laughs> is Size Sperling in the Hair Club for Men still around? There are ways to deal with it now. There are ways to deal is with it. Is it Rogaine or is it hair plugs? I wonder. Because it's undeniable that he's had some work done. If you followed the arc of Mule Shoe's hairline over the well, last Well, he's in decade, L.A. Everybody gets work done in L.A., right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Except for the 310 that texted us earlier and said, I don't want to be classified evil. I'm out here in L.A. I wonder if that's L.A. sooner. Sweet tea. Parker is now a redneck, says one listener. And, but we also got sweet tea as the nectar of the gods. So sooner or later, I'm gonna I'm gonna start talking in a southern accent. Yeah, and then it's over. By the way, and somebody pointed that this out in the text line, and is exactly right. Um, you know, Mule Shoe's brothers at TCU. That's right. That's right. That's a oh funny my angle. gosh! I, yes, and I was thinking about that this morning and totally forgot about it. Now this makes this a must win. All right. Any member of the Mule Shoe family must be defeated on the gridiron. One listener whose identity we will keep clandestine says, take it from a 21-year-old that's balding. Rogaine does not work. All right, so we're going with the hair plugs then. There you go. If I end up going the Feinbaum route. There you go. Paul Feinbaum is, that's male pattern baldness completely. See, here's the thing, Steely. What you do is very smart because you have a hat on every single day. That's right, man. So regardless – because 
I couldn't even tell you offhand what your hairline looks like. This is what Mule Shoe should be doing. Instead, he wears a visor. So every oh, there it is. There's the hairline. Hey, it's a better hairline than Mule Shoes. I mean, I'm not going bald or anything. I thought for a while I might, but there's you know my hair has hung in there over the years. It's very durable, but I still I don't like to mess with it. So that's why I left TV is because I didn't like you know putting on cool you know suit tie all of that stuff doing your hair. I'm like you know what this isn't for me. I'm just going to do radio. So I just typed out the letter of resignation and said, that's it. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. I just wanted to be dressed like this every day. Comfort. Okay. We are going to take a break, and uh, we'll get back to your text. We'll hear more from Brent and his press conference sooner. Six-and-a-half-point favorite this weekend at TCU. We'll get an update on the rest of Oklahoma recruiting, and we'll talk DJ Hicks, who is – Making his announcement tomorrow, we'll do that next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Back with you. Thank you again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, SUV, or used vehicle, exit 72, Paul's Valley, Seth Wadley Auto Group. Dallas Cowboys get the dub last night over the uh, G-Men 23-16 in the road. Uh, CeeDee Lamb had some bad drops early in the game, but he had a big catch. The one-handed grab. For the uh, the game winner last night, Cowboys went again 23-16. to uh, CD had eight receptions, 87 yards, and that big touchdown catch. But Sterling Shepard, man, bad luck again. Five receptions, 49 yards, but non-contact injury, knee injury, probably going to be out for the year. Yeah, he is going to be out for the year. That's, That's confirmed. And it that is. is, again, after last year when he had the Achilles injury. Yeah, well, it's a torn ACL this time around. I mean, and it's just gets, brutal. He, he can't buy a break, and no, it's unfortunate because with everything he's been through, he was he was on track for a real productive season. Yeah. It looked like nobody else had really emerged as the guy in that Giants passing attack. Kenny Galladay turned out to be a dud. I think at that point, the number two option behind Shepard in the passing game was Richie James. So that's really going to cripple the New York Giants offense, but it sucks for Sterling Shepard. It man. does. Minute, and I was uh, – my roommate was in our living room watching Monday Night Football, and I was just around the corner in the kitchen making blueberry muffins, actually, for the morning. And I heard Joe Buck mention over the broadcast that Sterling Shepard had gone down and looked to be in a lot of pain. And first thing I did was I yelled to my roommate, oh, boy, was it non-contact? And, of course, it was. At that point, you kind of knew, yeah, he's done for the year. They've got a turf monster there, don't they? 
There have been some injuries on that turf. Well, a lot and of it's, them. it's kind of renewed the conversation on social media over the last 12 hours or so about the pros and cons of turf and the safety issues slash hazards that it presents. I'm very much in favor of natural grass everywhere. Yep, me as well. But I understand that so many teams play in domes these days mm-hmm. that – now, growing natural grass in a dome is not the easiest thing to do. I I'm not a turf grass specialist. Jason Ferris is probably listening and can offer a lot more insight than I can. Oh but my gosh! OU's it always seems looks like, amazing, unbelievable. It seems like every single NFL team either plays in a dome right now or is planning to build a domed stadium. Because you think about two of the most iconic outdoor venues in the NFL, Ralph Wilson Stadium up in Buffalo and, of course, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Both those franchises are angling for new domes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and I understand uh, because of the weather. And, again, even if you have an outdoor stadium, you know, the, uh, the maintenance for that turf, uh, you know, is also, uh, you know, can get expensive i get it but i it's like when notre dame stadium went to artificial turf to me that was sacrilegious i'm like really notre dame stadium you're gonna put art artificial turf down right in front of touchdown jesus yeah blasphemy it is blasphemy and (laughs) soldier field takes a lot of flack for its playing surface but i respect it man that's old school it's genuine. It is. What's the what's the word I'm looking for here? It is commensurate with the history of the game of football. I can still remember Walter Payton running around on AstroTurf back in the day. For a while. Sweetness. But how long did Owen Field have AstroTurf? Um, let's see. First game I went to, uh, the K-State game, you know, that was 1970. Uh, so definitely there in 1970. 20, 25 years, wasn't it? I'm thinking through the Gibbs era, right? And the Blake era, I think it may have gone to like, I don't know, 92? Somebody could probably answer that. I'm trying to think if they still had... AstroTurf, I think during Blake and Schnellenberger's era, but I'm going to guess around 92. But and I don't know when they first put it in, but I know it was there uh, in 1970 for the K-State game. So 918 wants to know, how is Marcus Major's injury? Do we hear anything on that's that a, today? That's a good question. Have not done any digging on that yet. Uh, I will do that tonight to see what I can glean but i will say this uh i'll be curious to see how ou plays that situation because for example our mason thomas tweaked a hamstring in the kent state game sat out the following week against nebraska but then was practicing leading up to the kansas state game and it looked for all the world like he was going to play they held him out again as more precautionary measure than anything else uh, he should be back this week. Saw him out at practice working late on his own last night. Uh, that's a real nose-to-the-grindstone dude right there. Yeah. Uh, he's a hard, hard worker, and that's just one example of it. That's why he's been able to break onto the field as quickly as he has. But similarly, uh, with Marcus Major, I wonder if the Sooners hold him out a little bit longer than 
absolutely necessary just to make sure he's good. So it was a tweaked hamstring. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It was a hamstring issue for our Mason Thomas. But those are unpredictable sometimes. Well, right? and I, I, I mean, and we don't. I I don't know exactly what Marcus Major's injury is, but I think the difference between our Mason Thomas and Marcus Major, right, is that our Mason Thomas plays a position where you have some quality depth. With Marcus Major, he's your RB two. And really, the only three running backs that have seen substantial time this year are Eric Gray and Javante Barnes. So uh, you're really confident right now in Eric Gray as your lead back because he has been outstanding thus far this season. But if you're if you're without Marcus Major for a week or two, then you're probably due for a lot more Javante Barnes. Yeah. Uh, you say you will try to get to all the texts. The fact that I sent mine at 12.04 and has not been read determines that you are a liar. Listen, we d- <laughs> that's that's not a lie. We do try to get to all the texts. Well, we don't a, get to all the texts I'm sorry general. for that. Hey, I'm sorry for that. Um, but I will tell you this. We usually don't get to text in the first segment because we're kind of going over stuff or maybe playing a couple sound clips. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe in the, the late part of the first segment. So that might be a little bit of no man's land. Um, I'm just saying. So I apologize for that. We really do try to. But, yeah, we do. Uh, we're, we're not ignoring you. Uh, willfully. Un- Uncle is unavailable except on Fridays, by the way. Text her and uh, text us back 405, and we will uh, – let you know again, um, again. Try and get it on for you. Keep sending them if you can. I know it might be tough, but I, I apologize. I promise that we do. Steely, do you remember the dome down the middle of the field that helped the wishbone and players run downhill, Chase in o- Oklahoma City? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt about it. There was a crown in the middle of the field. You know, it was different back then because you could actually go play a flag football game on Owen Field. I can remember when my cousins would come down and for the holidays, and sometimes we would go out there and play some flag football right there on Owen Field. So, yes, absolutely, I do remember that. Turf got ripped out in 92, so 1993 would be the first season for grass. Okay, that's what I thought. It was right around 92, 93. That makes sense. Uh, one, <laughs> and see, the second I said two of the most iconic outdoor stadiums in the NFL in Buffalo and Kansas City – those teams are angling for new domes. Instantly, people are on the text line like, Iconic Outdoor Stadiums, Green Bay, Chicago. Yeah, I know. I know. My point was, Green Bay and Chicago aren't trying to get new stadiums right now. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to Somebody move said that Chicago domes. is. Is that accurate? That they're trying to lean I, towards? I, I, I don't know. I know there's been some conversation about it. But it's not at the serious I'd, stage yet? No. No. Well, and here's like the deal. Uh, no doubt, Lambeau is the iconic stadium in the National Football yes. League outdoor stadium. And, and they not, better nobody's, never touch that. Nobody's thing. in the same ballpark. Nobody's in the same zip code. So you could, you could never put an artificial service at Lambeau. I don't think the Lord would let you do it. Now I'm surprised they got away with it at Notre Dame Stadium. But if you do it at Lambeau, that might be the end of the world. Yeah, that could that could be. We we actually are living in the book of Revelation. If that could the be case. the end times. If you put artificial turf down in front of touchdown Jesus, and then you come back and you put an artificial service in Lambeau Field, you better go get your mypatriotsupply.com stuff. 
because that's going to be the end right there, no doubt. Okay, let's uh, let's take a quick break. We will get to uh, we're going to hear more from Brent Venables when we get back. We'll get to more texts. I apologize to uh, the gentleman who texted in on the four hundred five. Keep texting, keep texting. I'm just giving you a little hint. Usually we don't get to those until probably the second segment. Sometimes it happens, but it's fairly rare. So that could help you from getting lost in the shuffle sometimes, all right? My most sincere apologies. We'll be right back here on The Ref. All right, back with you Tuesday. What's happening, everybody? 405-651-3439. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, tomorrow our very own Tyler McComas is going to be out at Mitchell's Jewelry for Locked In and The Rush from 2 to 6 tomorrow. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be supporting the Center for Children and Families with a baby pantry diaper drive. It's happening tomorrow. We need diapers. Locked in in the rush. Tyler McComas tomorrow at Mitchell's Jewelry from 2 to 6. And uh, we're trying to support, again, uh, children and families. There's a little bit of a shortage going on. So, again, get on out to Mitchell's Jewelry tomorrow. And if you can bring some diapers by, you can bring me some Depends, too. I'll pick them up on the way home tomorrow. Uh, Drop them off. Tomorrow, uh, Mitchell's, Mitchell's Jewelry again tomorrow from 2 to 6. Tyler's going to be out there. All right? So there you go. Okay. Uh, Brent Venables also was asked at his press conference today about uh, the Sooners. Did they started reading? Uh, reading your play? You, first of all, you don't read press clippings anymore, right? <laughs> I mean, well, when's the last time somebody read a press clipping? I mean, I just said it because it's a go-to cliche. You can read your phone, you know, and everything that's being written. But, hey, Mom, here are my press clippings right here. But uh, what about the rat poison? Did the Sooners partake in the rat poison after the Nebraska victory? Here's what Brent had to say. I don't know about rat poison. Um, uh, Interesting, you know, term, but, uh, you know. Handling success is a very difficult thing, you know, for everybody. Uh, and, you know, I've always uh, taken tremendous pride in, in uh, being the anti-success, uh, uh, patting everybody on the back. And so we worked hard at, at that last week. I'm not sure if whether or not that had anything to do with it or not. I, I don't uh, – that's not what I saw on the field. I just saw, you know, bad football uh, at times. And um, – and I saw a good football team on the other side of the ball that played with good discipline, good precision, you know, good physicality, uh, all the basics. So, you know, there's no magic formula for it. You know, we, we did a poor job getting our guys ready to play, obviously. And, uh, and again, I thought uh, many times in the night offensively, I thought they uh, did a, a really nice job. But, uh, but again, we, we, we didn't have the discipline to play well at the right times, whether we're 
uh, missing open receivers or, again, the procedural issues that uh, has a cumulative effect uh, in scoring and taking uh, scoring opportunities off the, off the table. As bad as we played, it came down to one. You know, it was a one-score game. Brent Venables talking about uh, the Sooners again, the loss to Kansas State last week, looking ahead, Oklahoma, six-and-a-half-point favorite in Fort Worth this weekend against TCU. How good do you think TCU is, Parker? Their victories came at Colorado. They beat Tarleton State, and they won at SMU 42-34 last week. How good do you think TCU is? It's hard to say, just as it is with any team through four weeks. I think this game is going to be a solid barometer for the Horned Frogs, uh, much more of one than they've had to this point. I do think that offense is dangerous. I think a lot rides on the shoulders of Max Duggan. Defensively, that's where the big question mark is for TCU because they haven't been a great defensive team. And I think – I don't know if we've given Oklahoma's offense the credit that they're due because I think this offense has the opportunity to do some real damage and put up a lot of yards and a lot of points if they can get things clicking from the get-go as opposed to starting out slow and picking things up later on. So I think Oklahoma is going to score and score often this weekend. The question in my mind is can TCU keep up I'm not convinced that's the case. And I don't think you're going to see Oklahoma play as poorly on defense again as they did this past weekend against Kansas State. TCU is ninth in the country in total offense. Oklahoma is seventh. But, again, uh, for the Sooners, again, it's missed opportunities where they could be – the numbers could be even better for Oklahoma, no doubt about it. So they've got to get that cleaned up. Sooners are seventh behind Tennessee, Ohio State, Minnesota, Georgia – Washington and Alabama are the uh, top six in uh, in total offense. So there you go. Seven o'clock for our pregame show coming up uh, Saturday morning for the Rooster kickoff down in Fort Worth. All right, let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Parker, how many snaps percentage-wise will Canick be on the field for against TCU? <laughs> I wish I knew, man, because – You'd have thought that after the game he had against Nebraska, he'd had seen he would have seen at least a percentage of the snaps defensively against Kansas State, and that didn't happen. So I don't know. I would figure he gets some run because I don't think Venables and his staff are going to make some of the same mistakes that they did against Kansas State. Look, there were there were mistakes made on Saturday at every level. That's undeniable. I also think that. They're going to ride with their main guys. Those main guys are Danny Stutzman, Deshaun White, David Aguebu. But when you look at the way that these two teams are built, they're going to be on and off the field quite expediently. Mm -hmm. And so this game's going to move quickly. Neither offense is going to stay on the field for very long, which means neither defense is going to stay on the field for very long, which means the defenses are going to be running on and off the field Quite a bit. So you would think with how up-tempo uh, and how spread out both of these offenses are, uh, it's going to lend itself to a lot more substitution defensively for Oklahoma than you saw a week ago. What were you smirking about just now? It wasn't anything you were saying. I'm, I just, 
from the 307. I hope we have BB until he's ready to quit, but he's got to stop with these Mr. Mackey mkays after every sentence. <laughs> I was laughing at the South. By the way, that comes from the 307, which is Wyoming. Really? I believe 307's no, Wyoming. No, actually, I think you're right. I go think ahead you're and, right. Go ahead and Google it up. I think 307 is Wyoming. Really? Is it, you know who it is? It's Dick Cheney. <laughs> it's Dick Cheney. That's who it is, isn't he, out there in Wyoming? I don't text know where he's back, at these days. Text but... us back and say, yes, it's me. <laughs> if you're Dick, Dick Cheney, text us back. Uh, one listener of the 918 says, heard anything on Mario Craver? Seeing a decision is coming soon. Yeah, I expect that one to go in favor of Tennessee. Uh, actually just changed my crystal ball moments ago. Uh, where did you o- have him before? OU. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because o- Oklahoma. Why t- hadn't we been talking more about Mario Well, he's a, he's a 2024 kid. Oh, so, okay, okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what, so, what, what, where, where did I miss? Yeah, so uh, OU had the lead after they hosted him for the spring game, and it was a lead that looked like it might be insurmountable, which is why I entered the prediction initially. Uh, but Tennessee has made a very strong surge, and, yeah, I expect that one to be over pretty quickly here. 972 wants a uh, Peyton Bowen-Ryan Yates update. Didn't we just do that? We did, but obviously oh, – Okay, yeah, people tuning there. in. Okay, I get it. I understand. Uh, no real update on either of those two. Peyton Bowen made it this past weekend. Ryan Yates did not. Timeline still unclear as to when slash if either of them end up flipping. By the way uh... – Oh, yeah, he is. Is he gone? Is Wait a minute. Is Dick Cheney gone? No, not to my knowledge. I didn't think he was still around, right? Didn't he get a new ticker put in? <laughs> a new ticker. I mean, he did a while back. Remember? Yeah, he's uh, he's 80 years old. Okay. See, we, we just... You're 81. We just got a text from Dick Cheney in Wyoming. I know that's who it is. So, yeah, he's still around. Who was the... Hang on. So among our celebrity listeners, you have Dick Cheney, mm-hmm. uh, Rob Schneider. What? I remember uh, Tyler and Teddy oh, were talking. Right. Was, this was last fall. Oh, yeah? They are like, yeah, apparently Rob Schneider was tuned into our show for a segment yesterday. I don't know how they figured this out. Really? Yes. Huh. Apparently go. Rob Schneider was a KREF listener for at least a few moments at some point last year. Uh, Sooner Soldier says, what is the over-under on bad passes from Dillian Gabriel this Saturday? Listen, people, please spell Dylan Gabriel's name correctly because I see this mistake way too frequently. They spell his name with an extra I, like like million. Dillian? Really? Yes. Hmm. Dillian Gabriel. That's your QB1. Put some respect on his name. Please and thank you. There you go. Over-under on bad passes. I, I don't know. It depends on what you quantify as a bad pass. You know? How about like one is, where a receiver's running wide open for a touchdown? Yeah. So, I mean, if that's the case, if that's what a bad pass entails, then Dylan Gabriel had one bad pass last week. But if you throw in the one where he threw it to nobody mm-hmm. up the left hash or fourth, the one where down, he was – Fourth down, yeah, Drake Stoops, I, though, too. Yeah. I, I'm kind of torn on that one because I don't want to cast the blame on Drake Stoops, but – that's a ball that – was it ideally placed? No, but that's a ball that Drake Stoops typically catches. Could have been a better throw. Wait a minute. All right, uh, we're putting this down. Parker blamed Drake Stoops. <laughs> you cannot blame a Stoops. Not, not, not blaming Drake Stoops. What about a Malachi Coleman recruiting update from the 972? I'm trying to figure out how to approach this one. I don't think he's going to be a Cornhusker. But I'm also increasingly getting the sense that he may not be a Sooner either. 
What? Yeah. Where's he headed? So here's here's the deal, Steely. You promised the, us. The OU staff was, I mean, they were all in on Malachi Coleman for a while. Seems they've kind of cooled as of late to the point where, okay, so basically, here, let me sum up the situation. The OU staff, and more specifically Joe John Finley, visited Jaden Greathouse last weekend. Jaden Greathouse, four-star Notre Dame commit, mm-hmm. teammate of Colton Vosick's at Austin Westlake. Okay. If you'll recall, he took an official visit with Oklahoma in June. Now, much like Malachi Coleman, Jaden Greathouse is a bit of a tweener. A little big to be a wide receiver, probably a little small to be a tight end right now. But what Jaden Greathouse has done at the high school level in the state of Texas is truly remarkable. He was the MVP of the state championship game as a junior. He's been playing on the varsity level since he was a freshman. He's had the OU offer since he was a freshman. And in general, he is much more of a sure thing than Malachi Coleman. Not nearly as physically tantalizing when you look at the skill set and the physique, but much more of a sure thing. So the Sooners haven't entirely conceded Jaden Greathouse, it wouldn't seem, but also... If you look at the tight end room next year, what you're going to have is no Braden Willis, no Daniel Parker. True. The elder statesmen in that position group are going to be Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn, who yeah. will be true sophomores. So I think there's a chance that Cade McIntyre ends up being a Oklahoma's only take at tight end, and they go to the transfer portal for a veteran instead. I'm not saying that's a for sure thing, but what I am saying is I think the OU staff has kind of wised up to the fact that there may be some other options worth exploring at that position. Hmm. And wow. Okay. 405-651-3439. We got a break right here. Good to have you with us, folks. Good to have you with us here on a Tuesday. We've got one more segment. Then we've got Locked In coming up with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas at 2 p.m. right here on The Ref. we got to get to a T.O. right here. i got I got to spike the ball right now. Get us to a break. Stay with us. Coming right back. Okay, a couple minutes left. Mike Steely, Parker Thune. Malachi Coleman deal. Um, if you have a freak athlete, you try and find a way to uh, find a position for him. What was Bob Stoops saying about Dan Cody back in the day? What position does he play? Hey, who cares? Guy's a football player, right? Yeah. Well, I, it, here's, here's the thing. I'm not saying beyond a shadow of a doubt that Malachi Coleman doesn't end up a Sooner because I still think there's a path for that to happen, but uh, it kind of provides some more clarity as to why there's been this stalemate for the last month or two between OU and Malachi Coleman regarding the official visit, right? Because it's something he wants to take. 
And sounds like he wants to be uh, come to Oklahoma. And, and this is my other thing too: is you talk so much about how we want guys that want to be Sooners, right? Well, here's a guy that, <laughs> like, I'm just telling you right now, Steely, if OU wanted Malachi Coleman, they could have Malachi Coleman at this point. But now it kind of seems like he got cold feet about the whole ordeal right now. I don't know, man. It's just. It's one of those deals to me where if he commits and you're willing to take him and he doesn't turn out to be a tight end, hey, that's fine. That's still a guy that runs a 10-4 in the 100 meters at 6'5", 205. He's going to be a hell of a football player somewhere on the field, whether that's a tight end or receiver or outside linebacker or edge. I don't know. I just know that's a guy who's. I mean, if he he goes somewhere, becomes the next Kyle Pitts or something, and I realize that can happen in recruiting. But man, Steely, have you checked in on Uncle during the loss? I Uncle is never available until Friday, so I don't get a chance to check in with him. I'm sure he's very angry or very depressed. Probably both. (laughs) This listener in the nine one eight says, "Great house is Ryan Yates's dad, based off the state championship, right?" (laughs) Yes, that is very true. Uh, That matchup between Westlake and Geyer. I mean, Jaden Greathouse pretty much single-handedly lifted Westlake to victory. 918 guy who knows more than you about recruiting is continuing to say that Coleman is not committing to OU. I mean, listen, I it wouldn't shock me if he's right mm-hmm. at this point. But again, here's what I will emphasize. If he doesn't commit to OU, it's not because he didn't want to be a Sooner. Okay. Because. How does the 918 guy know more than you? I, I, mean, I don't he, know. He apparently, uh, maybe he's got access to Nebraska's recruiting uh, files or something. I don't know. But he's very matter-of-fact about that. Yeah. Very matter-of-fact. Here's, like, here's what I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. That kid's in OU's lap if they want him. It comes down to whether they want him or not. And whether they're willing to make the push to close on him over mm-hmm. the last three weeks of the recruitment here. Because he's committing on October 22nd, one way or another. Uh this listener in the 580 says, Parker, you can thank Teddy Williams for the mispronounced names. He started it. North Carolina. Yes. <laughs> it's Drake's fault on that pass. He should be taller, says one listener. Any <laughs> uh, injury news on number two looked like he was hurting. I'm assuming that would be David Aguebu because Javante Barnes didn't mm-hmm. play Saturday, didn't see the field. Uh, no injury news to my knowledge on Aguebu. I talked to him for quite a while after the game concluded, and it uh, doesn't seem like there's any lingering concern there, but I'll certainly do due diligence on that. Okay, uh, real quick, about five seconds. Micah T showing any interest in OU? He was in town, uh, The right? interest is there yeah. on Micah T's end. The question is, does yeah. OU end up with a spot for him? There you go. Okay, we got to get out of here. We appreciate all the text today, by the way. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Locked in coming up next with Parker. Tyler McComas here on The Ref. Have a great Tuesday.